Hi friends, welcome back to It Takes a Kampong. You might already be familiar with my next guest, Dawn, also known as SG Budget Babe, one of Singapore's top financial bloggers. Dawn is a super mom and a true multi hyphenate. She not only juggles work, content creation, a thriving Patreon page, amongst many, many other things, she also still manages to run a pretty tight ship at home as a mom of two. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, most mothers are the ones who bear the invisible mental load of running a household. I've always appreciated how Dawn has been very vocal and brutally honest about how she feels about this topic on her Instagram, and I wanted to invite her on to have a candid chat about her experience. Here is our conversation. Hi Dawn, welcome to It Takes a Kampong. Thank you so much for making time to join me tonight. Hi, no problem. Thanks for having me here. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, so as we kick off our conversation today, maybe you can share a bit about um, how your journey as a mom has been so far. Yeah, so um, I became a mom in late 2018. Um, so my son just turned three recently. Mm-hmm. And I would have to say it's been very tiring. <laughs> but also immensely fulfilling um, and also a lot more difficult than I expected it to be mm. I guess like I wasn't really like it's very hard to comprehend the extent of having to care so much for someone because you literally go when, when we are a kid it's someone else looking after us so we don't feel it then as an adult all we need to think about is ourselves and then we when we get into a relationship when we get married we just need to think about our spouse but they are also independent so it's not that bad right not like you have to clean up after them and all so to suddenly go from being pregnant to having someone who is super reliant on you for the littlest thing who doesn't know how to do anything and you teach them every single thing like how to drink water how to eat how to flip (laughs) yeah wow like I never really understood the magnitude of that until I became a mom myself Yeah, definitely. And I think it's like, I always wonder how people can juggle it so well. Because it's easy to look from the outside when you're not yet a mom and you're like, oh, wow, she's a super mom, she can do it. But once you're in it, you're a mom yourself, it really feels very overwhelming. And it's so hard to try and strike a balance. And the mom guilt especially eats you up. It's been three years, but I still suffer from a lot of mom guilt all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, there's so much to learn and even more to learn at, at every age. <laughs> right. You're a second-time mom and Finn is four months now? Yep, he's four months now. How has that been so far? Um, I would say it's a bit more difficult. <laughs> because on hindsight, my firstborn was really much easier to take care of. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. Um, like... He slept through the night at about three or four months without us having to do anything at all. Zero training, right? But with this one, we're trying to establish a night routine. You know, we really do the off the light, talk softer and let him know that it's nighttime, it's time to sleep. But nope, not working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like, um, even my firstborn, you know, when he was feeding, he was 
very easy to take care of. We barely even knew he was bleeding except for the fact that he had fever, which is a telltale sign. Mm-hmm. With my second one, it's super obvious. He screams and yells and fusses the whole day. <laughs> Everyone knows he's bleeding. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's very different. But I guess that's why they say no two human beings and no two babies are the same, right? So, yeah, I thought it would be easier this time around, but no, I guess I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> It must be really intense, like, being a mom to a toddler and a baby, especially in, like, COVID times, right? You have to spend a lot more time at home with both, not necessarily by choice. I think it's a trade-off, in a sense that um, it's both good and bad, because while COVID does keep us at home, uh, but it also allows us to spend a lot more time with them. Like, without COVID, what would we be doing? going to work in the office, missing all their milestones, and really just being a weekday evening and weekend parent, mm. right? Not that there's anything wrong, but even, I'm, I'm pretty sure I speak for all parents when I say we all miss our kids and we want to be there for their milestones. But sometimes life just happens such that you can't, right? Yeah. And COVID, in that sense, has been sort of a blessing because with the lockdown, we're spending more time at home and employers are finally opening up to the idea of employees working from their home and it allows us to be around for our kids. I would say actually it's a bit easier for us as parents of young children because I can imagine those who have to help their kids do the home-based learning might be struggling even more. Yeah. So if you have only two laptops at home, then how is the adult gonna work while the child is on Zoom, right? Mm. And you're at a meeting and your child class is ongoing and your spouse is also in another meeting, then who's gonna help the kid? How are you gonna manage that? So yeah, I think it's different challenge at different levels, but I have to say all parents are definitely struggling and doing our best during this period. Yeah. I, I totally hear you and what you mentioned about like mom guilt earlier, I, I had a true taste of that today as well, like for the first time since I, I gave birth. I mean, I've been back to work for a while now, but I actually spent a completely full day at the office today and it was really tough. Like, I mean, it was the first time I had to also pump away from home and I was, you know, constantly thinking about and also worrying about what was going on, if he was okay. And I just felt guilty that I couldn't be around to, to you know, just be here for him. I know I wasn't going to miss anything really groundbreaking, but I, I totally hear you when it comes to that, that guilty feeling. Yeah, and it's something that I wish I could say as a second-time mom that it goes away, but mm. <laughs> the truth is it doesn't. And it probably fires <laughs> because... When you have multiple kids, you can't do as much for everyone as you hope to. Yeah. So like my, with my firstborn, we were reading him books and like doing flashcards and, you know, basically just doing everything, right? But with the second one, like just recently I realized, hey, I think I forgot to do tummy time consciously for him. It's <laughs> four months already, he still can't flip. Whereas his elder brother already flipped at four months. Then mm-hmm. oh, it's because we didn't consciously do tummy time. Maybe that's why. Right. So yeah, there's like a lot of guilt. It gets even worse, but <laughs> we just have to learn how to deal with it. Yeah. 
actually a lot of that guilt is kind of like externally enforced as well, right? Like, for like, for example, like with breastfeeding, a, a lot of that, I guess, guidelines is that breast is best. And for a lot of reasons, I'm sure it is. Um, but for a lot of women as well, they don't always have that ability to produce as much milk as they would like, for instance, which is an uh, issue that I know you've been very vocal about on your platform as well. Exactly. So I think society always expects a lot from mom. I think actually we look at it historically, right? Mothers have always been the ones uh, as the primary caregiver for the kid. Mm. And I think the expectation for the woman to nurture and uh, grow the kid and be there for them hasn't changed. But what has changed is that women are now also very much a part of the workforce. So the expectations have actually doubled in that sense. Yeah. Women expect to do well at work and still do what uh, they used to be doing full-time, right? But mm. no, we, are, we have to do half-half now, but we expect to give 100% in all. So it's really hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm only at the very starting line of all of that. So it's already been quite hard. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah I, I mean, there's quite a lot of stuff that I wanted to unpack with you today. I mean, you already touched on some things about being a second-time mom. Um, but, you know, you are also quite vocal about an, a separate issue on your page, which is um, the mental load. And, and one of the topics that I also wanted to expand on a little bit today. Um the mental load actually refers to the invisible, non-tangible tasks involved in running a household. And mm. for maybe you can share a bit about what your role in the household is and how has that been distributed with you and your partner? So in my household, I'm basically the admin person. Right. <laughs> I'm the one making sure our bills are paid on time, checking all the bills. I'm also the one in charge of the kids' education. Um, I'm also in charge of our finances in terms of growing our finances. I'm also in charge of the groceries, but luckily for me, my helper is pretty hands-on. So I outsource a lot of them that to her and I have a lot of trust. So I don't really bother checking receipts and all. Because mm -hmm. um, I don't have time basically. <laughs> um yeah. And what else? Um, I think also occasionally packing up the house. So on the other hand, my husband is the default chauffeur. So he brings us to places. He, he fetches the kid to and from school. Mm. Um, and ever since the second was born, uh, I had the additional role of being the milk supply, right? So um, <laughs> my husband has to then take over the nighttime routine. Yeah. But... He isn't doing a very good job, so sometimes I have to intervene. Ouch. So, <laughs> Straight up, he's not doing a good job. <laughs> I think it's just he what, tries what do you to... mean? What do you mean? He's doing his best. He's really, I can see him putting a lot of effort, but I think it's just like, maybe he's just not super nurturing. Maybe women are more nurturing. I don't know. I'm like going into gen gender stereotypes here, but yeah, he, he can't nurture as much. Okay. So, okay. so he gets power struggles with my kid and then like he will take three hours to put Nate to bed and 
Whereas when I take over, it's literally only like an hour or half an hour. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's just um he tries his best lah, but he doesn't know how to think or research for solutions as much as I do. Oh, and I can I also add that I'm like the researcher in this family. Mm-hmm. So I have to research for anything and everything. And, and I'm also the one documenting everything. Okay. So like all the kids' milestones, photographs, videos, it's all me and I have no time to organize them. So it can get a lot of very stress, right? Because my husband will just keep saying, Oh, how's our, our investment portfolio doing? Or um how's our bills coming? Or uh have you did you take video of Titi's latest milestone, uh Nate's party and stuff like that? Uh what about his vaccinations, his next appointment at the doctor? And you know, I'm expected to do be on top of everything. And yeah, that's where a lot of the mental load comes from. Right. So, okay. I mean, I have quite a few questions here. Did, <laughs> did you and your husband kind of like sit down to say, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is what you're doing. Did you guys have that conversation? So we didn't upfront. Um, it just kind of fell into our laps, which was okay when it was just two of us. Because you see, before the kid comes, right? When... Uh, the, the, the roles were pretty okay. It was very manageable. But what I guess none of us expected was that when the baby arrived, suddenly it just seemed like there was so much to do. Mm. And it's very hard to really like outline who is responsible for what. We just kind of fell into the routine. And it's more of like, as we go along, I have to let him know that I'm overwhelmed and try to outsource certain things. But it's also hard. Because in this family, my husband is not, good at researching mm-hmm. and he always says that because I read and research very fast so he leaves that to me <laughs> and then I'm like but you also can read and research right <laughs> and then um, in terms of educating our kid you know um, shopping for the best deals mm-hmm. uh, making sure that everything is on top so a lot of things just naturally fall to me because I'm better at it between me and my husband mm. So I guess that's why with two kids, it just gets a bit too overwhelming because on top of that, right, as a mom, we're also trying to recover ourselves. We're trying to lose weight. <laughs> we also <laughs> have to keep up the milk supply by pumping or feeding regularly. Yeah. So even if the roles were distributed evenly, right, it would never be even. Yeah. So it's hard. I think we're still trying to find our way around it and we still have no solutions. But yeah, we had to keep trying to figure out a balance. Yeah, I mean the the list of things that you had listed just now already sounds like a lot, and just based on that alone, it it sounds quite imbalanced as well. <laughs> just I mean, <laughs> from like objectively speaking, um, yeah. But you're very right. I think uh, when it comes to things like feeding, it's tough, especially if you're exclusively latching or breastfeeding even if you pump and and feed from the bottle like your husband can't do that (laughs) it's it's just um i've heard this phrase it's a burden and a privilege to to be able to do that as a mom and it is very uh rightly so that that's the case um Yeah. yeah, yeah but Okay, another question I have is with with this in mind, like you know, you're you're doing so much, and your husband, whether or not he's good at it, I think that's a separate topic. <laughs> but 
do you feel like he should be doing more? Like, is there any underlying kind of like resentment towards him because he he's not doing as much? I wouldn't really say it's resentment. I think it's more of frustration. Mm. So it's recognizing that he really means it when he says he tries but doesn't know how. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see him struggling. I guess like we're all we're, we all have different strengths and weaknesses that we bring to a relationship, right? So I do see some couples where their husbands are very hands-on. Mm. Instead of immediately, you know, like envying them, like, wow, your husband's so hands-on, you're so lucky to marry him. It's more of like maybe we take a few steps back and look at their background, their upbringing, mm-hmm. and how they were like. We may have realized that, hey, maybe that person has always been a very nurturing person. Maybe yeah. that person very good at research is a teacher is even better at teaching than the wife is mm. right so in that sense then it's it's great that the husband's very hands-on but it could just be his personality and i married someone whose personality is not like that lah. Yeah. so it's not like I resent him for being like that because this was who i knew i was marrying <laughs> it's just that, um, i think we really have to learn how to give and take and take on a bit more so the good thing about my husband is even though he's not like in terms of the skills needed to to really take care of your kid and all the mental stuff needed right he's not that good he does try though and when i need him to step up the good thing is he really really does step up mm. so um i will share this story um when titi was first born i was so stressed out about breastfeeding and having to pump because I was a dose supply mama. So pumping every three hours and doing two power pumps a day gets to you very quickly, right? That's literally like 10 hours of your life just pumping. Eight mm-hmm. to 10 hours. It's mm-hmm. just crazy. It's, it's insane. So um, during that period, I was unable to be uh, as hands-on as I wanted to with my firstborn. So my husband did everything. He was the one sending and fetching him from school. He would bring Nate out for all of his enrichment classes. I didn't attend any enrichment classes with him, especially during the confinement period. Um, he would bring Nate by himself to his doctor appointments and he did everything with my firstborn. Wow. And then after that, of course, uh, once he started to have to continue working again, because he took some time off work as well in the first few months when our second child was born. So once he started to get back to the rhythm of work, right, obviously, you know, some things will fall off and then I would have to pick it up. Mm. But at the same time, by then I dropped my palm also. It's not that stressful. So yeah, it's give and take. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think when you mentioned all those roles that you took, like, you know, being the admin person and all that, like that sounds a lot like the role that I take as well in, in my marriage and in my part as a as a mom just you know mm-hmm. keeping track of the vaccination schedule and when is he next due and you know is it time for him to swap out his clothing to the next size like i mean those are just like really small things but they are things that are constantly on my mind like i'm always thinking about what's next for theo kind of thing and if we yeah. need to leave the house at 10 o'clock, then that means, you know, counting backwards. I need to feed him at, you know, 9 or whatever and then pack the bag and so on and so forth. So it's like an endless cycle that way. And yeah. 
Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it can get quite intense. So yeah, you mentioned that you know there's no solution per se that you guys have landed on, but has there been anything that helped you come to that point where you're a bit more accepting about the the split in roles? Hmm, I think it's just accepting that we each have different strengths and weaknesses, or mm. and then we try. That's why I don't resent him for it. Like, mm. do I wish he could do more? Of course. <laughs> but can I see that he's trying his best? Yes. Yeah. I think I, I have to give him the rightful credit. So it's really about learning. I think it'll, it'll probably get better as the kids get older. Because, you know, at, my husband, for example, is very sporty. Right? But the kid is too young to be sporty with. <laughs> so now that Nate is a bit older, he can run, he can jump. It's easier for my husband to bring him out solo already. Compared to the yeah. past, would not have been able to bring me out solo. Because like what you say, thinking of what to pack, packing extra diapers, extra clothes instead of Peter, uh, confirm wouldn't think of it. One. <laughs> <laughs> I would think of that. <laughs> so yeah, he wouldn't have been able to do it when he when Nate was young. But now that Nate is older, he can totally handle Nate by himself. Mm. And it gets better and better. So in the future, when like both boys are a bit older, I can imagine then I will and and I did tell my husband, you need to hands on more next time, okay? Because I can I can acknowledge that now I do more, but as they are older, right? Next time my only role is to help them with the education. Everything else you do, ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then what yeah. was his response to that? <laughs> Uh, he just say Hana Hana but you know this kind of thing has to be like when the time counts then you remind him of it again and you work out a new <laughs> <laughs> right right yeah yeah I think maybe when I asked the question you know resentment wasn't the, the right word to use but I guess you very rightly put that like you know frustrations are definitely valid and it's really I tough <laughs> because I do see a lot of online accounts whereby the wife would complain and resent the husband mm. so i do see a lot online but the reason why i don't feel it is really because i can see my husband doing his best but i can tell you as a first time mom with, with nate right i did feel a lot of their resentment mm, mm. yeah because i felt like he wasn't as hands-on he wasn't doing a lot of things and to his credit he also said like he was struggling with it so I was like, okay, Lord, but I also struggle, but I still do. <laughs> so <laughs> the first time round was a lot harder, for sure. But the second time round, because he already has experience, plus when he takes the load of the first kit completely off, so that I can help with the second kit more, where I'm needed, then you can really start to see that, hey, he's really putting in effort. So I didn't yeah. feel any this time round. Right. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, it's the same with my husband like there are some things that he's also not particularly great at but I cannot fault him for that because he really does try his best to to work on it and try and fix certain issues when they are pointed out to him so that's the only benchmark that I can judge him on really because he's also (laughs) he's also a parent for the first time right like I can I know it's tough for the mom but we also have to give the other parents some like, we also need to give that other parents some slack when it comes to, to learning all of this for the first time as well. So, yeah, completely hear you on that. I think, uh, like, the title of your podcast, right, it takes a kampong. The biggest tip I will also give is that 
like try outsourcing as much as you can. I mean, I was never averse to having a helper because I was one who grew up with a helper. Mm. Um, but for my husband, he was super against it because he never had a helper growing up. He only had helpers in his aunts or uncles' families, but his mm. own direct family didn't. They never ever had a helper because their help was basically their uh, parents, which is his grandparents, lah. Right. So he wasn't very keen on the idea. But um, when my helper arrived, right, it really helps so much because the more you outsource, the more you can focus on the more pertinent stuff uh, that the mental load has. Right. So instead of having to worry about like the child's meals, the child's groceries, the child's um, milk time and uh, teething and all like that stuff, right, you now focus on the biggest and most important thing and having that extra help to tell you, hey ma'am, um, he's having a fever or he's feeding or he didn't sleep well at night can help you to then come up with better solutions rather than, you know, when you're always the one in the moment, you sometimes lose sight of the bigger picture and then you forget about other stuff that needs to be done. Mm. So with two people taking care, I think it really, really helps. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so my helper is now the primary caregiver for my uh, second child. And then I just am the milk supply plus I will check in on, oh, um, is, is it time to change his clothes, upgrade to a bigger size? Uh, when it's his vaccination is uh, next week, we have to make sure we're prepared for that. Have you consciously helped him to do tummy time? How often are you doing it for yeah. him? So it's easier for me to check in rather than do and still think about my older kid at the same time. Mm. Yeah, because it's tough. It's tough as a mom of two. Like the other challenge is, Nate is at the age whereby he's learning to talk, and we need to start teaching him how to read and stuff, right? Mm. And while I never knew that learn teaching a kid how to read is so difficult, <laughs> <laughs> like I I don't even remember how I learned to read, but I it's so second nature to us, but it's not for the kid. So because my helper is there to help me, my second one. I can then have the hate space and the energy to help me as well. Mm. So yes, it's a bit of mom guilt because I'm not spending as much time to get the second one, but I try to console myself by telling, uh, by reminding myself that, well, he's too young to remember anyway. <laughs> and I'll spend more time with him when he's a bit older. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's completely fair enough. And I think as, I mean, every family is different and if you found a, a rhythm and a, a style that works for your family specifically then you know power to you and I think it's great that you are also in a position where you're able to have access to that kind of help it's mm. it's really nice to to have that extra uh, privilege and and that yeah that that boost in in caregiving in that sense yeah. Uh, do your parents yeah. also help out? Is that is that an avenue that you guys tap on? No, so my parents um aren't very nurturing. <laughs> maybe maybe that's why we always had a helper as well. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so they're also not very good with my my kids. Uh, my dad is too old to handle anything. He can't even carry my kids now because they are too heavy and he is very weak. He can't really stand up and walk alone. He usually needs the help of his walking stick. So it's very hard. Mm. As for my mom, she's very busy at work. Um and yeah, she's also not as nurturing. Like she knows how to play with them for a while. 
but she isn't very good at like building a close relationship. I guess because of kids, you really need to spend a lot of time with them. Yeah. So they get used to you. But my parents, they don't spend a lot of time with my kids. So um, the bond is definitely very different compared to their paternal grandparents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but I think as long as you have one side helping, it's good enough. If you have both, it's a very big bonus. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What about um, your kids? Do you guys have help from both sides or just one side? Um, my my mom is a single mom, so it, I don't have like my my dad to support on that front. Um, mm. but she also works part time, so it's mm. whenever she's not at work, then she's helping me out at my place. And my mom mm. is amazing with kids, and and. She loves Theo very, very much. And it's nice to have that support. And we're really, really reliant on her um, during the day when I'm at work. And my husband is also at work to kind of step in and be there for him. Um, mm. My husband is also not local. So his parents are in the UK. And obviously, Hi. we don't have access to that help on that front either. So mm. we have a smaller kampong, I guess. <laughs> But but we still do rely on external help as and when lah. So, like for example, these couple of weeks I'm like super busy with work and some like ongoing pitches and stuff like that. And it's nice to have um a wider group of people that I can tap on to ask, hey, can you like sub in for a couple of hours during this time that both of us are like completely off the grid for work for, and. Yeah, we are lucky that people are available to help us. Even if it is like, you know, one or two hours a day, we can still, like you said, outsource that to other people. Yeah, yeah we're really lucky helps, for that. Right? Mm, yeah, for sure. But you really just need to take like an hour or two to settle them and then get back. So that's why having help is super, super important. Yeah. And I, I yeah, I'm just really grateful for my mom being there as well. Just having someone that you can trust wholeheartedly with someone that is so precious, like a newborn child is, is quite rare, I would think. And mm-hmm. yeah, we do recognize that we, we are very lucky to have that resource. Yeah. So I think those who are parenting without help, I really, really have so much respect for those parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially moms who are single, like I was reading a few articles about single moms in Singapore and while it's like if it's hard enough to parent with your spouse I can't imagine doing it alone so yeah, yeah I think as now that I've become a mom I really have a lot more respect <laughs> for every other mom out there yeah definitely same <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah I guess like it's also the attitude and the perspective you bring I think it's, it's definitely not easy um and I would say it's even harder in today's society to parent and be a mom compared to before because of all that societal pressures that you were highlighting. And social media doesn't make it any easier, right? Yeah. You, If you're a low-supply mama, you look on social media and you see moms whose refrigerators are bursting with milk and you're like, why am I not like that? You look at yourself and you're struggling with your weight and then you see online people are saying that, oh, I just breastfed and the 
fats just slid off. I didn't even do anything. And you're like, wow, I'm exercising and dieting and doing so much, but I'm not losing anything. The world is so unfair. And then, you know, there's just so much comparison going on. And it's so much easier now that you have to consciously remind yourself not to compare versus, you know, in the past before social media was a thing, your only basis of comparison would be people around you. So I would argue that the stress is slightly lesser because let's say you're a low-supply mama, how many high-supply moms will you know? Or how many high-supply moms around you will actually talk about their high supply? So you wouldn't feel that pressure. But today, even if you don't want to see anything, it's just there on your Instagram feed, on your your Facebook because of how the algorithm works. Yeah. So that additional mental load of having to consciously not compare mm-hmm. is another thing always think of yeah yeah and it doesn't help that some of these mamas they like you know talk about these things and they wear it like a badge of honor right like oh my fridge is full of milk kind of thing and i completely see how that would be triggering for someone that has been like struggling for hours and hours a day trying to even pump out you know half or even less of that supply like it sucks (laughs) Alright, but it's not their fault either because, you know, like, even high-supply mamas have their own challenges and if I was a high-supply mama, I can imagine I'll be very proud of my stash and hard work. But, yeah, at the same time, it also is a trigger for those on the other side of the spectrum. So, it's very hard to control, which is why, like, I think a lot of it boils down to the viewer. So, for me, what I did was that with my firstborn, because I was still trying to adapt and not hold myself up to such high standards... I actually unfollowed a lot of mamas with high supply for my own mental sanity. Mm. My second time round, like, because I was more chillax about the whole thing, and I was like, I'll just try my best for the first month, so I'll really try all supplements and all ways and methods, but if after the first month, whatever I have, I'll just take it. So yeah. with that mindset, I was in a much better hate space, so I didn't have to follow anyone this time, and I'm seeing high supply mamas, I was actually in a position where I could genuinely congratulate them and yeah. like ask like are you are you making sure you pump on time don't get mastitis and all that stuff and mm. really be happy for them instead of like pitying myself so it is a change it does get a bit easier in that sense but a lot of the conscious decision to not let yourself get sucked into that comparison thing has to go on at the same time yeah for sure for me, it was a lot on... It wasn't like the, the milk thing per se, but it was a lot on looking at their sizes. <laughs> so I, I was like, oh my god, how come she gave birth like last week or like a few days ago, but then she's already, you know, lost her pregnancy weight and she looks amazing and it doesn't even look like she had a child. Like, <laughs> to me, that was very triggering because I I gained quite a lot of weight and it took a while for me to shed that and even now I, I'm still not the same size or shape that I used to be and I don't think I, I ever will be and it's something that I have to let go at some point but seeing how these people had the ability or had used their platform to kind of okay I wouldn't say flaunt but to just show show that off was something that also upset me quite deeply yeah so the best way is to unfollow them maybe for a period of time (laughs) Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what I did the first time round. The second time round, I'm, I'm like, I'm going in the mindset that I managed to lose the weight once. So I know I will be able to lose it again. Life is unfair, but well, everyone is born with different metabolism, so I'll just suck it up. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not more chillax now, but it doesn't mean that I no longer empty those who have the weight just, you know, slide off them like that. I, I do, and weight is something that I am also still struggling with a lot now because I barely lost much. Um, And I'm really just waiting for when I stop breastfeeding to, you know, go on my extreme diet and exercise like I did the first time around to lose weight. But at the same time, it's a trade-off, right? Because the mom guilt in me is like, well, but I want to feed him for as long as I can. Should yeah. I do six months or should I do one year? And then um, at the same time, the inner me is like, no, but if you go on for one year, that means one year of being fat and you cannot go on your intense, crazy diet because you don't know how it will affect him if he drinks that milk. So, wow, it's an ongoing battle. <laughs> I still don't have the answers, but I'm just like, I'll try to be a bit kinder to myself and yeah. then... Yeah, just see how that goes. But if I really can't lose weight in this period, I, I, I focus on the fact that I know I will be able to once I get out of this breastfeeding thing. So yeah. little steps. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what motherhood is, right? Everything is about little steps. Yeah, I think also just kind of taking a, a beat and thinking about things, like having that mindset shift like you mentioned setting resetting your expectations around what things are meant or not meant to be also kind of help like Mm. how you said you know letting go about that fixation around needing to have a certain amount of supply like when you took that pressure off things started to look up a lot more and it didn't feel like you were just completely beholden to that expectation that you had before so mm. yeah, having that mindset shift definitely helps to take the, the load off a bit as well. Exactly. And I think less blame on ourselves. Because I think as mom we are we always like to blame ourselves, right? And as a low supply the first time around, I was like, oh, but there's all that literature and online comments who say that if you breastfeed a kid for a long time, they'll have better immunity, they'll grow up smarter and blah, blah, blah. And if I don't do it, then I'm doing a disservice to my kid. So all those thoughts and guilt will just eat you up. Mm. But when we change that perspective and now I'm like, well, I have to. I have to acknowledge that I really can't be superhuman and be perfect at every single thing, even though I'm such a perfectionist. It's just impossible. So once you raise that, right, and just accept it, then focus on the fact that I'm just doing the best I can a month. And if some things are not as great, I know that other things are great, but everything in the end is really just my best. And my best is enough, right? It's the same like, even in school, I always tell my students, um, so I teach tuition, and I always tell them, like, when you go to exam, just do your best. Because some kids are born with a super high IQ, and their best is, like, straight A scholarships. Some other kids are not born with that. And our best might be, like, Bs and As. It's okay. But as long as we have done our best, we won't have any regrets. And I think applying that to motherhood also is the same. We as long as we have done our best, we know that we have inculcated, we have taught them the right values. We have done our best with their teaching, being there for them. I don't think rewinding the clock would make it any different. Yeah. So that's what I try to focus on these days. Right. 
Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I think that is a really nice and positive note to um, end off our conversation tonight. Um, it's been really nice talking to you and I am, yeah, I'm just grateful that you were able to take time out of your super, super, super busy schedule to talk to me. And <laughs> I think my biggest takeaway from our conversation is really to, to be kinder to yourself and just thinking about things a bit differently, having that perspective shift um, is, is going to help guide some of the way that I think about some things moving forward as well. So yeah. appreciate it, appreciate that, and appreciate you and your time. And yeah, I hope you had, I hope you had a nice time as well. Yeah, thanks for having me here, and I think it's great uh, what you're doing to help moms. I can imagine first time moms benefiting from this, and you're a first time mom too. So, yeah, yo, don't beat yourself up too much for it, and yeah, it will all work out. It always does, right? <laughs> If you like this episode, it would mean the world to me if you followed us on Instagram at It Takes a Kampong. Feel free to slide into our DMs to share your thoughts or let me know what you might like featured next. Till next time! <laughs>